Hello, my name is David Ray. I'm the CEO of uh, Dundee Precious Metals, here today uh, in Colorado Springs, taking advantage of the opportunity to talk to a number of our investors and shareholders. And enjoy the sunshine. And enjoying the sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> David, good to have you here. I can see you in person. We've not met in person before, so uh, that's a nice treat for me. Um, right, you, like you mentioned, we're at this conference. Some of the big hitters are here. What are you doing here? What do you want out of it? So the main thing is to have an opportunity to update and, and talk in more detail about you know, what's uh, driving Dundee precious metals and the value that we're aiming to create and where we want to be a year and five years from now. Right, so that's storytelling. Is there anything you want from people here that are here? So here I think it's a good opportunity for us to calibrate our understanding of what our shareholders and investors are looking for. Right. Also consider opportunities. It's, you know, creating cash flow is more than just realizing that through the generation of our organic growth, pro growth projects. It's also looking to see what else we might be able to do with other organizations while we're here. Right, okay. So it's been a, and we'll kind of come on to that at the end there. Um, it's been a good year for you, share price appreciation wise. So I think most people struggled in a market like this, but you are throwing out cash you are producing the answers. So maybe kind of give us the highlights of the kind of Q2 numbers, give us a sense of where you're at, real new to the story. Sure. I think the key number that people are paying attention to here rather than Q2 is the first half. We've had a consistent uh, free cash flow generation. So $135 million year to date based on our production and our low operating yeah. costs. Uh, if we look year on year, we're $211 million and we're set to end the year on the rate that we've been running so far. So it's been an exceptional performance this year with our operating assets, steady, consistent, um, generating that free cash flow, building you know, our inventory of cash. And it's given us an opportunity for us to rethink some of our uh, return of cash to shareholders. So we've been carrying on with a consistent dividend, yeah. but we've also increased our uh, share buyback this year. As okay, well, let's look at some of the things that enable that, which is obviously the op operations on the ground. Um, there's always room for improvement. With the, so without talking about the organic components, okay. where, where's the improvement going to come from with the current producing assets? You know, we're consistently aiming to improve what we do at Chalapetch, but as a core asset, it's just an exceptional performer. Mm. So it's been able to meet all of its uh, target criteria. We're now moving and realizing opportunities to move from sort of seven-day week mining to five-day week mining and this type of thing. We're looking at, you know, increased efficiencies, which have been driven by inflationary pressures that we've had in prior years yeah. and this type of thing. In terms of added temp, it's just that an outstanding year this year. Yeah. So, you know, costs in the four, mid $400 uh, dollars per ounce all in range, and it's it's hit all of its performance expectations. That is exceptional. Now, I was speaking to uh, another CEO, Australian CEO. He reckons for those guys, 30% increase in, on, on, on the costs, the cost line is the new normal for them. Right. For you guys, what have you seen? I know we've come off of, of a big inflationary environment. So we're, we're sort of getting under control. But what are, you, what are you seeing in country? So basically, we had um, basically power costs flowing through to everything. So yeah. major consumables, steels, reagents, looking at also translating through into salaries to offset cost mm -hmm. of living increase and this type of thing. I think it's fair to say that, you know, 25, 30% increase was what we saw initially. But having said that already for this year, in terms of the contracts we put in place for the rest of this year and next year, we've seen 5% reductions in okay. these. Major component being energy, we're actually running below the subsidy level that the Bulgarian government has, uh, I think, very proactively put in place. Mm. So we've seen an unloading of some of these drivers. I think we have to recognize we're in mid-year, summer, not quite the sort of the, yeah. the situation we can expect all year. Yeah. But so far for us, we've been through that peak. 30% was probably a good number, and we've seen that starting to come up. Right, now, what are you doing in terms of like, protecting those margins? Because obviously, costs have come up, even if they're coming off a bit. Gold prices kind of holding steady at the moment, around sort of 1900, 1920, 1925 mark. For you, in terms of 
making sure that margin increases, grows. How do you, how do you do that? Is that through the organic growth or? Well, I think for future, yes, but there's some near-term things that we can do. So we've taken advantage of a few things that we brought in during COVID, which have allowed us increased productivity and efficiency underground. We're doing things where we're investing in the ability to increase productivities going forward. And then in terms of our assets, we've got, fortunately for us, two assets which we're looking at low cost into the future. So it's not quite Adetepe low cost, but it's still along the same sort of numbers that we're talking about from Chalapech and Adetepe at the moment. Right, okay. And in terms of in-country activity, what what else is happening in terms of helping the bottom line? Well, I I suppose um, helping the bottom line, you know, that's largely around taking advantage of price and cost, but in terms of what else we can do. So, you know, we've been um, taking the time to look at our opportunities. We've invested quite a bit differently this year in terms of exploration to what we did in prior years. Um, and, you know, looking at what can we do around our existing assets. So with Chalapech, we've been investing more in terms of exploration on Svetopetka and Brevene, which are around the existing asset. And I'll to that in the short term is it's not allowing us to increase the life of mine as much as we might have the opportunity. But as we develop those, it's going to give us an opportunity to push beyond right. 10 years with Chalapech. In terms of Adetepe, you know, it's really around making sure that we're fully utilizing the opportunity of that asset, very small asset, high grade, investing small amounts in terms of increasing understanding of how we can bring those in with efficiencies. We're seeing recoveries move up. At the same time, we're seeing costs basically level and we're coming into a period where we're moving towards the end of life of mine there. So making sure we're investing wisely in what we need between now and... Exactly, exactly. I think the market's saying to you, if you look at the share price, it trusts you. But have you had to rethink about some of the things that you planned at the beginning of the year versus today, given the backdrop of of a very difficult market for precious metal for the last three years? Now, how, how are you approaching that? Well, I think mostly for us, we're fortunate that the cost that we have, we have more flexibility than many might. Plus, mm. we've got a cash balance that allows us to think through and deliver and not be worried about the next week versus the next month. Yep. But having said that, we have been disciplined. So if we have a look at what's changed for us in all of this, we've been rethinking some of the work around our Ecuadorian assets. So mm. we've invested another 10,000 meters in terms of exploration at Tierras Colorado, something that we think will come through with the first results starting in Q4. But a huge amount of effort and increased our budget by 30,000 meters above the 40,000 we already had planned well, in Serbia. That's helping us to bring the resource in at price. the end of the year. We're investing in electric fleet, which we're anticipating should be coming in in the next quarter. And we're looking at that for future assets, how we can truly optimize hybrid versus straight diesel and electric right. fleet. So there's a, there's a lot that's going on at the moment where we're thinking about, you know, where are we five years, 10 years from now? Right. And that's an interesting point about fleets and, uh, you know, autonomous and uh, electric fleets. Is that, what's the arbitrage there? Because obviously, big upfront costs. Yes, it kind of takes a bunch of ESG boxes. Is it more efficient in terms of per dollar spend? Mm. So you asked me about what we do in country around our existing assets. So what we do is we bet on the ability of our people to really understand that. So we did a lot of modeling. Yeah. And what does it mean? Yes, there's a big increase, sort of 300%, you know, difference in terms of a you know, a diesel loader versus an electric loader. And on top of that, you still got the infrastructure underground. You've got to have the charging bays. You've got to have the, you know, the electric infrastructure in order to sort all of that. So there's quite a bit to it. But what we've done is we've brought those uh, piece of equipment in. So a truck, a loader, and we've got a, um, the very first electric production drill in Europe, actually. Okay. So what we're doing with those is putting them together with our team to figure out, okay, what can we really do? Because the, our ideas are limited by what we're thinking about with a conventional fleet. Yeah. So starting to create that, okay, what else can we do? 
So at this point, we're already seeing it as break-even, higher upfront cost. You get that back in terms of maintenance and, and other requirements, right. and of course, diesel and this type of thing. Yeah. But I believe there's more there, and that's why we're now putting the sort of the money behind our operating team to really fully understand that value. So it's a bit of a time and motion study, old school yeah. speak. Right. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Let's go back to Ecuador. Okay. Obviously, uh, you put an announcement out recently with regards to the, the, the announcement fr fr from the ministry there. Um, clearly, your expectation is that things will resolve themselves, and it's just a process that you've got to go through. You must, you're, you're obliged to go through, and, and, and so you should as a minor. Um, how do you get a sense of the timing or something like that? Because Ecuador has been, again, Going, going through a few phases politically for the last two, three years where there's in terms of new mining projects coming through, it's, it's a bit harder to understand when. Yeah. First thing with Ecuador is starting to understand you can actually move ahead. Right. So for a while we were stalled and we really couldn't do anything. We wanted to get the investor protection agreement in place and we wanted to understand what we had to do with a constitutional protective action, mm. this court activity, so that we can start to move forward. So we've got a, the EIA a confirmation that that is technically compliant, but now yeah. you have to do the public consultation yeah. and the indigenous consultation associated. So for us, the uncertainty is more around the, the understanding of exactly what we've got to do to move forward. Once we know what we've got to do, things become a lot easier. So I'm happy to say we've seen some resolution to that. Now, it's not going to be fully resolved until, of course, we've got the new government in place, so they yeah. haven't yet taken position. And of course, the president's still got to be elected, which is only going to happen in the middle of October. But I would see that what we're going to get is going to be a more business-friendly environment, regardless of whoever is a presidential candidate that should win. At the same time, there's greater clarity to the steps that we need to complete. And when I say we, it's more the ministry rather than us that has to complete that. It can be the Ministry of Environment. It can be the Ministry of Mines and right. Energy. Right. So some, to some extent, just the bringing down those barriers which you know prevented us moving forward now we can see things moving forward so in terms of timeline yeah so originally we were talking about the potential to build still in 2025 2026 so i would say that slipped by about a year at the moment mm. i think the way we're looking at it though we're actually very excited about choker rakita and that's dominating a lot of our attention for sure five hours away by road from our existing assets with a potential to get the same value we did from adetepe yeah with choker rakita that's hugely exciting for us so to some extent this is a non-linear delivery. We can't say it's going to be precisely these steps or precisely this time. But what we're doing is we're just making sure that we're ready at the time that the door opens and working with the communities to have the necessary support to realize that project. Right, okay. And, and I think it's better to say it It doesn't really matter. And you've got a bunch of, you've got a whole bunch of cash. Hmm. Like nearly, nearly what, 500, where are we at? Cash? 542 million. 542 million, right, quarter. okay. It's not a single stranded asset in Ecuador. It's part of a portfolio. So I guess... In that way, in a sense, it doesn't matter. Um, but it is unvalued at the moment. Which is that fair to say? I think so that's if it comes online, yeah. potentially a bump. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Talking about talking bumps, little bumps, velocity. <laughs> What's happening there? Because obviously they, they kind of started the year quite well, come off quite a bit. You've got a chunk of change in them. Is what they're doing, is that is it You'd attractive? have to talk to Keith to get the full picture well, on this thing. Give but, your shareholder. but in terms of our relationship... Um, What's happening with Velocity, of course, is we've um, we've got the JV with Iglica, yeah. which is 50 kilometers away from Matatepe. So this is separate from Rosino, yeah. which has been the primary asset. And at the moment, we both see value in drilling that. We're providing the financing and uh, Velocity are providing the, the people in order to make that happen. So I would say Velocity at the moment is in that sort of phase where they're reshaping what they're doing. Yeah. I believe they brought in a new asset into the portfolio. We're working with them on a Glico. We're very aware of what's happening with Rosina. Yeah. And other than that, you're going to have to ask Keith. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this would happen. Uh, I've got to ask. I've got to ask. Um, but it also brings us on to the subject of 
there are some deals to be had out there. There are some deals to be had out there. Some great stranded assets, some good assets that are stranded, either cash or the fact that it's too expensive for them to raise cash. So they're, they're, they're struggling on all, all fronts at the moment. Given the amount of cash you're sitting on, it buys you optionality in terms of not having to worry about things like effort or not coming through according to the plan. But um, you can obviously de-risk jurisdictionally elsewhere in the world. Is that something that's on the table at the moment? We're, we're constantly looking right. for the right opportunity. So having said that, it's sort of interesting. So people would look and say, hang on, there's a, a gap coming yeah. between you know the end of Aditepe and the onset of yeah. your next project. So let's say that that could be a year or two's gap. Um, so what are you doing about that and why don't you fill it? Well, the answer is what we're doing is we're looking at it from a point of view of not just any given year yeah. or any given opportunity. We're looking at what creates that nap for share accretive opportunity. So having cash in this environment is a huge advantage. Yeah. And there are some nice projects out there, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we're really able to realize the full value of that project. So mm. we're quite disciplined about what we look at. What are we looking for? Ideally, something that's close to or at production, or it's so exciting in terms of a future project that we want to invest in it right now in order to shake that project. Mm. So we're doing that. But at the same time, we've also had success in the last year with Choco Rikita. Yeah. And there's a lot still to explore, though. So we really just touched the um, you know, tip of the iceberg with right. you know, what was going on with Choco Rikita. That was the first scan we looked at. Yeah. And we've got a significant portfolio to go after in that. Right. So just in terms of that organic thing, which we talked about, how much have you allocated? I remember last time you spoke, it was like 30 million or so. Have you, has that changed? So we, um, if you go back two years ago, we're spending, say, $15 million yeah. just on exploration. Now yeah. we're actually mid-30s mid in terms yeah. of what we're spending. On top of that, in terms of project development, 20 to $25 million. Okay. So that would include the feasibility study. It yeah. would include what we're now doing where we're actually, we've been running a scoping study at the same time that we've been preparing the resource, just so we can understand what's the right way to really realize that value associated with Choco Rikita. Right. So it's, I, you know, Lema Logo will now progress according to the way we can actually move things. So you're going to see some reduction in, in money there being spent, but you're going to see that increase in Choco Rikita okay. for sure. So it's, okay, so you're constantly thinking about this kind of return on capital invested component, as you must. Um, and that's, I guess, the message for Cheryl's, believe me, we're thinking hard about this. But um, I, I guess what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm intrigued by is um, how do I view you as a company are you a $1.5 billion company? It's hard to keep telling the growth story. You, you have moved, you know, through the phases this year, but are you a dividend story? Are you a growth story? Are you an acquisition company? Are you just setting yourselves up to be taken out by someone who needs to backfill their reserves? Yeah. What are I, you? I think we can build our organization with our internal capabilities. So we're not okay. looking to be taken out to realize that ultimate value. Yeah. Having seen that, having said that, we're definitely undervalued at the moment if you look at right. the assets that we got. So one of the questions is, you know, how do we move forward? And the answer is it's no one thing. So I believe we're good at executing on projects. The answer, the example of that was Adetepe. Mm -hmm. I think we're good at executing on what we have in front of us. Adetepe, Chalapach, demonstrate on that. I think in the last year we've demonstrated more prowess in terms of finding the right type of asset. And where do we want to be? It's not so much about growth as it is about high margin. So if you have a look at what we've been able to do between Chalapech and Adetepe, what we brought in with Choco Rakita and yeah. Loma Larga, Tiras, Colorado, these are high margin assets. So it's not growth for growth's sake. It's about how do we create a vehicle which is financially very attractive and able to return dividends, buy back in the event that right. that's the right thing to do with our money or reinvest in our operations or exploration. So it's mm -hmm. a question of moving that, but you've got to start that by a high margin business. Okay, yeah, I think, was it last year, 44 million? In terms of buybacks and also um, yeah. dividends, 
Yeah. This year, some, aiming for something similar? So we're on track for 100 million based 100 million. on wow. where we are so far. That's stunning. Okay. Well, look, um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on because it seems to be going quite well. Enjoy those conversations next door, okay? Um, and uh, we will see you soon.